How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hi, welcome into the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. Glad to have you aboard this morning. Hope everybody is uh, getting back to normal after that little scare with a hurricane or, or tropical storm, Barry, whatever you want to call it, last weekend. Kind of put a damper on the fishing last week, but uh, it looks as if the, the things are settling down a bit. The rivers and the bayous were, were up here on the North Shore from the push from the storm. And, well, uh, it was one of those storms that we look for. Uh, the fishermen, that is, you know, those strong southeast winds pushing that clean, salty water into Lake Bourne and, and Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, giving it an extra boost of salinity, and that it did. Uh, I took a peek at the USGS water gauge at the Wrigley's, and the salinity when uh, the storm came through last Saturday hit 12 parts per thousand, so the storm did exactly what we're used to seeing here on the North Shore. Unfortunately, uh, that spillway is still open, and it's it's slowly pushing out that salt water. Um, just that fast, the salinity reading that the uh, Wrigley's is under one part per thousand. So uh, it's a bit futile seeing that uh, salt water come in and the fresh water push it back out. But hopefully that spillway will be closed. Uh, as of right now, the Army Corps of Engineers says uh, they'll be shutting it um, July 27th. So maybe a glimmer of hope there. Hopefully we can uh, get things back on track for the spring trout run and get things back to normal here. Um, I'm going to check in with Captain Andy Jones later on to, to see to what he's seeing out there in Lake Pontchartrain and get a field report from him. So uh, stay tuned for that. Getting back to that salinity report, if, if you're looking for to keep tabs on the salinity, there's a uh, website that you can go to to get daily updates. It's waterdata.usgs.gov, and they do a really good job of monitoring the salinity at Wrigley's, and uh, it's updated daily, which is a real bonus. Um, now, it, it it doesn't monitor uh, salinity all across the area like the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation does. But like I said, they, they do update it daily, and the uh, L- LPBF updates theirs once a month. So a good resource for, for monitoring the water here along the North Shore, uh, Lake Bourne, Lake Catherine, Lake, Lake Pontchartrain. Salinity is very important. Now, fortunately, we've, uh, we've been blessed with, with other options here on the North Shore. Other than saltwater options, uh, typically when the saltwater fishing is off, we can switch over to freshwater fishing. We have uh, tons of options as far as that goes. We've got Manshack, the Chick-fil, uh, Chifuncta, Liberty, Bayou-Lacombe, Bonfouca, Pearl, just to mention a few. So um, those rivers are, are producing bass right now. We're enjoying a typical summertime bite as far as bass go. Lots of bass being caught, but early. Uh, that's the key to catching bass this month with the heat we're seeing. Fish early. Uh, get out there before the sun starts baking everything. Actually, we, we, we have a few uh, freshwater reports from around the area that we can knock out right now. Uh, let's start with a report from Todd Ullman. Todd's a regular on this show and uh, regular reporter for uh, NFR. He made a trip to the uh, Tangipahoa, a solo trip by himself. He launched at Lee's Landing, and he headed uh, – just past Black Bayou, and he started pitching and flipping, 
he says every lily pad and tree he could find. He took him three hours. All he had to show for it was one bass. Uh, says the water was dirty on the tangy, so I uh, decided to make a change and head on over down to Bidico Creek. Found good water there. He started fishing Perilou Canal and fished back towards the camps. I uh, ended up catching 20 bass from 10 to 12 inches long on frogs, worms, and buzz baits. So a wide variety of baits there. It looked like they were hitting on everything. Uh, he says the color didn't seem to matter. The bite died for, at about 11 o'clock a.m. Yep, so that's typical right there to bite dying down when the heat kicks in. Uh, so Todd switched it over and headed on to Bidico Creek, catch some, a few pan-sized bass there. All right, another report from the Chifuncta River. Peter Pertusi says he's been fishing the uh, Chifuncta River, fishing the main river, and doing really well using topwater frog. But uh, he's, he's, he's only fishing in the morning, he says, in the late afternoon because of the heat. That's a smart move, Peter. Uh, Peter says uh, in particular, his last particular trip, he, he was throwing a frog along the shoreline and heard some explosions about 30 feet off the bank. He looked over, and sure enough, it was a bass running shad out there. So he trolled out to the middle of the river, started throwing. says an off-brand rattle trap. took him about 15 minutes, but he says all of a sudden his line stopped. He set the hook, and uh, he brought, ended up with a three-and-a-half-pound bass out in the middle of the Chifuncta. So good trip right there. Also, we have a, a report from, um, well, that's Peter, another report from Peter. He, he tried to be a beta river, and the beta river feeds into the Chifuncta River just north of uh, Interstate 12 there. Uh, he fished for three hours with a, with a plastic black worm, red flakes, end up catching five bass. But um, beware of that Abita River right now with, with all that rain we've had and with the storm. It, that, that river turns up quite quick. Uh, so I, w- I would advise to stay on the Chifuncta right now for clean water. Okay, we have a post on NFR. Ah, sparked a little conversation about renaming your boat. Leo Moore of Covington, uh, he posed this question. He says uh, he named his boat when he bought it, and his two sons don't like the name, so he wanted to know what's everybody's opinion on that. So what do you think? Uh, I know we have a lot of superstitions out there. I uh, heard the banana on the boat thing, but what about renaming your boat? Well, what's your thoughts on that? We're, we're going to ask our guests this morning about that and get their opinion, maybe Maybe help Leo out as far as what he's going to do about the uh, about renaming his boat. All right, we got a jam-packed show this morning. Lots to get to. We're going to talk with uh, tournament director for Bass Assassins Tournament, Chris Basie, get the results of uh, his last tournament out of Bayou Lacombe. Those guys fished Lacombe, so we're going to get a report from Chris on that area. And, of course, we'll get some info on the next tournament. Also get some tips on where to find some summertime bass on the North Shore. Uh, we're going to play thumbs up, thumbs down. I'll throw out a few spots out there to see if Chris approves of it or disapproves. Maybe help you out a little bit as far as finding some bass this weekend. Also, later on, uh, Chad Hartsog's going to join us and talk about the 19th annual Kids Fishing Tournament. That's going to be held at Lock 1 in Pearl River. Yes, it's the 19th annual. Wow. So that's tough to do, keep a tournament going that long. So we'll check in with Chad and get the specifics to that tournament also we're gonna uh well we're gonna you know, we're gonna ask a few, chat a few questions about that pearl river navigational canal it's, that can be a really really difficult area to fish especially in the summertime so if you're looking for answers or just looking to try it for the first time uh, chad's gonna help us try i said try to figure out that place i'll tell you what it, it could be a really difficult place to fish so a lot of questions for chad coming up later 
And, of course, we'll check in with Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters to find out what oh, the ever-changing water conditions in Lake Pontchartrain and then the surrounding area. First time we've seen the spillway opened at the same time as the hurricane coming through. So we'll check out and see what Captain Andy has has for us, maybe fit, how this fits into his equation. So hang tight through the break. Uh, we'll pick back up with more North Shore Fishing Report on more outdoors, 105.3 HD2, or streaming live at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Be right back. All right, welcome back to the show. Up next, we're going to check in with Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. Andy is one of those true blue Lake Pontchartrain fishermen, but he ventures into Lake Bowen and Lake Catherine when the going gets tough in Lake Pontchartrain. And, well, uh, things are pretty tough, and... <laughs> They have to be in that lake, and uh, so maybe you can give us some other options, Wrigley's, Lake Bourne, Lake Catherine. Andy, we're drying up here on the on NFR as far as saltwater reports go. Uh, man, I, I've been running spice since 2012, and I, the lack of saltwater reports, is, uh, it's an all-time low. So uh, maybe I can get some kind of good news from you this morning. Good morning. Hey, Keith. Good morning. How are you? I am doing just fine. <laughs> Andy? <laughs> Always a fun ride interviewing you, but but lately it seems like it's half comedy as far as these conditions we're seeing out there. I mean, we're used to the spillway being open and, and then closing a few weeks after and then going from there looking for a recovery. But man, this thing, is, is it going to be permanently open? I mean, that's what it feels like, huh? Yeah, it's something else. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely river water out there. It's fresh. Um, no doubt about it. We were out last night and, uh, you know, we've been out a few times this week, uh, running over in Catherine and Lake Bourne areas. And, um, yeah, and of course we were out over here looking for shark last night. We did, we did have our first two shark, uh, over out of Lacombe, uh, this year. And it's taken all the way into the middle of July here. And it was not, you know, not very big, little lackluster, but, uh, the water is very, very fresh, and, um, you know, we, we're still on guard, but we haven't seen any redfish for quite a while over here. Uh, still getting a few over in the Bourne shorelines. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm here in Biloxi Marsh, the place to go to escape everything. Yeah. Uh, redfish are still there. But, you know, what people have to understand is this time right now, you know, speckled trout, we don't catch normally catch you know that many speckled trout. Uh, maybe you could find speckled trout at the rigs close to the Bluxy Marsh right. and the Bluxy Marsh. But this is not a speckled trout time right now. We're we're usually shutting it down, gearing up for that fall run. So you know maybe things can clear up for that run. Typically after that spillway shuts down, you know the fishing does come back pretty strong. So let's keep our fingers crossed there. Uh, now as far as the sharks concerned. You know, I've always been told that bull sharks can take uh, fresh water, so this shouldn't affect them too much. Huh? What, what's what's the deal with yeah, that? No, it's not. Uh, it's definitely not the fresh water is not an issue. Now, we didn't have a real good bait run uh, this year. You know, typically April, May, we see them coming in, uh, pumping over here. And uh, last year was a little slower. They're down some, too. This year was really, I mean, we didn't, like I said, for us to be this late to catch our first one was really worrisome. Uh, you know, we haven't changed what we're doing. We typically, you know, catch them on our trips, um, but we just haven't seen them. Was shocked the other day, actually thrilled when we got that one. Uh, as far as trout goes, you know, um, 
we typically don't we don't have the good runs of trout. We don't have the big schools of trout this time of year. Obviously, most of them are out of the lake, but you still get those intermittent. You would in years past you would you would find pockets of them here and there, and you get a few fish, a few trout uh-huh. mixed in with your redfish and your sheephead and everything else. So it was you know they definitely they weren't stacked up and they, they weren't typical like when we see our fall runs, uh, normal fall or spring runs, but. Yeah, this year, um, zero reports on trout at all from anybody in the local areas. You know, you have to go to, like you said, Biloxi Mar. Shell Beach is probably the closest. I uh, haven't heard anybody at the rigs catching anything in Bourne. Um, so, yeah, kind of kind of a drastic change. Also, uh, Half Moon right, right now is not looking that great uh, water-wise. Hmm. How soon after this uh, storm blew in were you able to get out of that water? We got out pretty quick afterward. Now that the storm definitely broke up the algae blooms. Yes. Um, yes. You know that congestion of the algae it definitely broke that up. Uh, but it, uh, you know, the water's super. I mean, it's just so fresh, and we still have the the spillway is still just pumping in. Um. And on top of that algae bloom, you know, we're, and you and I have discussed this a little bit, but just the the other stuff that's in the Mississippi River uh, that is such a concern that, you know, people can't see uh, that we've pumped into the lake is really a long, has, you know, the long-term concern for me is those toxins that are, that are just flowing in into our lake. Um, mm-hmm. And we're not, I don't know that we're getting good solid measurements on everything, um, but that, that is very concerning to me. And you look at our, you know, our oysters are pretty much done. Uh, blue crabs down 65%. Black drum landings are down 45%. Uh, you know, the oyster fishermen, unfortunately have just been wiped out and it, it's heartbreaking. You know, this is our way of life over here. Um, and we're not, we're not getting a lot of good answers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw a news report that Mississippi wants to be on the uh, some kind of have some kind of presence on the board when making a decision to open the Bonnie Carey Spillway because it's affecting them now. Um, they're forcing to shut down their beach. So, and uh, rightfully so, you know. I believe that's. I think they got a good it point sh- with that. It, it shut down every one of their beaches, and you know, I get people's concerns, uh, you know, with the flooding. And of course, we we flooded New Orleans this year before the storm. Uh, you know, there's got to be some good answers. But part of this thing is, too, is why the Mississippi is so polluted. Uh, and I think it's the second or third worst polluted river in the country. You know, why we need to be taking actions upstream as well is just waiting for it to come down here and then having it be our problem. Um, yeah, yeah we got to figure out what's going on because, you know, we're not just talking mercury here. You know, we're talking arsenic, benzene, all different kinds of things that are. Who knows what the effects are, but I, you know, I know it's not, it's not good. Andy, I got some numbers here. Guess how much of the country is drained through the Mississippi River? Oh shoot, it's got to be. <laughs> is it half, three quarters? <laughs> Forty, yeah, forty-one percent of the country. Forty-one <laughs> percent, absolutely amazing. Yeah, what run, where it runs to and its tributaries. It's just uh, yeah, forty-one percent and. This last 12 months has been the wettest reported uh, by the National Weather Service 
uh, since they've been keeping records for 124 years. So that kind of puts everything in per- perspective. Don't look sure. like it too uh, down here. Maybe 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 we get it go a few years without it being open. Well, let's get back to fishing, Andy, because <laughs> we could talk about this forever. Yeah. I mean, the effects right. of it is so tremendous. Uh, you sent me a, a text yesterday with your was that your two boys cast netting off the front of your boat. Yeah, one of my guys, Mackie, and then my son Hunter, we were out there uh, trying to get a, get some bait. We, you know, we were again looking for shark, and uh, definitely uh, we've got a small, a decent little mullet run going on. Um, it's not it's not great uh, as compared to years past, but it's not bad. We've also heard some reports of jacks uh, in Catherine and around Lakeshore State. Hmm. Okay. Didn't well, see any down this. We didn't, yeah. yeah, we didn't see any jacks over this way. And typically after a storm, you know, we started if we got a good saltwater surge, we'd see that happen. Uh, we oh, yeah. did see a few small schools, but not not large numbers. Yep. Andy, uh, where where was that picture? I'm looking at the picture. I'm looking at the shoreline. How far east were you guys? Uh, we were in between Kane uh, and Goose Point at that point. And uh, yeah, I was about to around. Oh, it was absolutely beautiful over there. We went around to uh, to Lacombe, um, just flat calm last night. Gorgeous sunset, and you know, lake lake was beautiful as far as that goes. Yeah, and the uh, Garfish Rodeo coming up August second through the fourth. Um, you you guys participating in that? We are uh, we're we're a proud sponsor of that for Casey. It's a great great cause. Uh, you know all the all the money goes to the Mary Bird uh, Perkins the Cancer Cancer Foundation. Um, and some other great great organizations. So we're uh, we're proud to to be a big sponsor of that. Um, we enjoy it. It's going to be at T Rivers. I think is weighing on Sunday at noon. Uh, some great people involved in that. It's a lot of fun. We we do sponsor uh, several kids for that, and uh, we're looking at getting a few more kids out there this year uh, as well. You fish it, or y'all y'all, y'all run lines? Uh, we fish it. We rod and reel. Uh, pretty much, that's all we do is rod and reel. And um, yeah, we we try to what I try to do is just take a few kids out every year and then let them uh, let them have at it and uh, we have a great time. I think the biggest one we've we've ever weighed in was in the 63 pound range last year, uh, which some of the big dogs coming in, uh, you know, 90 uh, plus on rod and reel and and pushing uh, over 200 I think on jug. Mm. That's some big, big, big fish, fish there. Yeah. Anyway, we had, we had a uh, conversation on NFR about renaming your boat. Leo Moore Covington is considering renaming his boat. Wants to know if anyone's had a, any uh, experiences of bad luck after renaming a boat. What say you? Um, I'd say if it's in the back of his mind, don't do it. Tapping <laughs> <laughs> him on the shoulder, huh? If he, if yeah, if he's got, if he's got a, if he's when in doubt, <laughs> when in doubt, if you're in doubt at all, keep that baby the same. Uh, we need all the luck we can get. Uh, I've had to overcome customers bringing bananas on the boat, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, knowing that rule. And uh, sometimes, sometimes I've seen the bananas, and then I go, "Well, that's exactly why we're not catching them." Sometimes we caught with them on board, and I'm going, "Well, we overcame that one." 
Well, I would think as a charter captain, boy, that'd be a great option for somebody to bring a banana on a boat just for you to have an excuse, you know? Well, that's the reason. You're, you're, you're to blame for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know some guys that are like TSA when you're boarding their boat. You get on there and they're doing the search. <laughs> there will be no bananas up, on my boat. Hands up, walk through. <laughs> keys out, wilding out. <laughs> I'm not I'm not quite that extreme, but I've had it explain some bad days before. Uh. <laughs> well, Andy, uh man, I tell you what, we're 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 almost through summer. I want to say almost through. It looks like we're about halfway through, but you know, look next week I've heard of a, a cool front. I mean it's gonna stall out on us, it's not gonna do anything, but man, that's that's a good a good uh something good to see to, to give you a little bit of hope with these everything starts shutting down at this time i mean people are just sick of the hot yeah. weather it's like oh we're, we're gonna just wait for the cool fronts but uh you know one thing that uh i thought of the other day is the lack of pop-up afternoon showers do you remember well, i say remember i mean it's always been it seemed like these these afternoon showers would pop up almost daily and we just we don't see that have you seen that this year you know, that's a good observation, Keith, and I was thinking that last night. I thought that that's kind of funny you, you bring that up because even we saw a couple last night, real small, though, not not the typical, you know, pop-up storms that we used to see. And, yeah, you know, we're in the middle of middle of the, the month, so we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I haven't seen them uh, as much as we used to. Yeah, I mean, I used to try to race home to cut the grass. Cause I almost knew, no, there's a pop-up shower coming. You know, I just we just don't see them now. It just seems like the the, the rain's coming through in in batches. You know, one and two days right. of rain, and then we go for a five uh, day stretch. You know, so I'm like, there's something I notice. Uh, it helps with you know cooling everything off. Uh, when when we go rainless throughout the evening, it just seems like it's it's 90 degrees still at seven o'clock at night. And then, you know, oh, you get at 4 o'clock in the morning, and it's still in the 80s. It's like, oh, you could, st- you could feel that heat still in the concrete, you know? Absolutely. You get these kind of days, and you think the summer's lasting forever, you know, and it's been a week, but you, <laughs> you're like, man, we've had six months of this. I'm dying. And, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, and it, the heat has been brutal with the heat indexes way up, and uh, it does it does make it seem like a long summer, but it, it's probably not as bad as we're, we're thinking. Yeah, it'll be over with we get some cool weather in here. Won't even look back. All right, Andy, anything else I'm leaving out? No, Keith, it's a beautiful day today. You know, we got temperatures are great. It's wonderful outside. Uh, Hopefully people are getting out a little bit. You know, be careful on the water. Pay attention. Heed the warnings in your area, but have fun, man. And, uh, you know, go find some fish. And if somebody gets onto some trout in the lake right now, I think they're going to be world famous. So, yeah, go give it a good shot. Absolutely. All right, Andy, where can some folks get some uh, information about booking a trip? You know, the, the best place to go, Keith, is right on uh, NorthShoreFishingReport.com. They can click on our banner. Uh, we're a proud sponsor on there, and along with all your other great advertisers you've got, just great people, uh, Bayou Adventure and everyone else. You can take it right to our website, and uh, they can they can look us up and give us a call. We'll be glad to get them out. Absolutely. By adventures. Got the 50 crickets. <laughs> it got the 50 crickets, man. They got it going on. <laughs> All right. Andy Joe's right there with Wicked Charters catching those big fish and, and Lake Pontchartrain shark, huh? Uh, lots of fun out there catching those monster fish. All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little bass fishing coming up. Freshwater fishing on the North Shore. Nothing wrong with that these days. Plenty of bass and perch being caught, so we'll check in with uh, – 
Chris Basie to get his opinion on where to find some bass. You're listening to the North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors, WWL 105.3 HD2. Be back right after this. Well, welcome back to the North Shore Fishing Report. Up next, we're going to talk a little bass fishing. Uh, you know, with the terrible fishing conditions in Lake, uh, a lot of attention is, is turned to bass fishing, uh, the rivers and bayous here on the North Shore. So uh, Chris Basie is going to join us this morning. Chris runs the Bass Assassins Tournament here on the North Shore, and he's an avid bass fisherman in the, in the rivers and the tributaries that, that run into the lake here on the North Shore. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Keith. You fishing today or working today, Chris? Uh, well, I'm not working at work today, but I am at home right now working on some videos. Uh, hopefully get out there this afternoon. So, but I got All some right, things I've done. Well, so you're working, working at home. Well, good deal. Good. What are you working on as far as your videos? I'm working on a series of sonar videos that I'm going to be putting out, uh, four different videos on sonar uses. Yeah, a lot of questions about electronics, so looking forward to that. Well, Chris, you, you guys had a tournament on Bayou Lacombe. Uh, what's the bass fishing like over there? How'd, how'd that go? Uh, it's bleak. It's <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> uh, is that because of the heat, or is that typical? Uh, yeah, I've, I've found here in the last probably five or six years, yeah, Bayou Lacombe's gotten really tough in the middle of summer, but... Mm-hmm. It, last year, was it uh, Cameron had some good fish off of it. I think he caught 12 pounds one tournament in the middle of summer. And, and like this tournament, it's very surprising that the top three people came out of Lacombe. They caught all their fish in Lacombe. The people who ran the Bonfuka didn't do too well. So, mm-hmm. But it, it's still... I guess Lacombe probably is faring a little better than Bonfuka because it is a little deeper in spots, so the water stays a little bit cooler. But let's see. We had uh, Jared won that one with eight five with only three fish, so he had two really good fish. Um, and then we three had second place. Eight five, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. And second place was Steve Rushmeyer with five fourteen, and uh, that's a limit, so that's a – Limit of little ones, and then mm-hmm. Ronald Pierre had third place with five fourteen. He had a they tied, but Steve's big fish was bigger than Ronald's big fish. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So, well, I gotta guess got, that Rushmeyer probably with five fish and that little of a total had to head out over to Bonfuka, huh? No, I no. All three of them came from Bayou Lacombe. Hey, Bayou Lacombe. Okay, wow. These little smaller fish you you see out of Bonfuka. Well, all right, uh, Chris, you know, we were talking earlier about these pop-up afternoon thunderstorms that we usually see here in South Louisiana. Um, seems like this year we don't have them. Usually those showers kind of cool things off for the next day. Um, yeah. uh, heat carries over if you don't have those showers. What's your thoughts on that? You seeing, you know, you seeing any afternoon showers or when you fishing? I'm not, no, and uh, like you said, it's not as many as we used to have. It's really putting a hurt on the water temps. It's what it's doing. I mean, we got, you know, the high 80s. I've even seen some water temps in the 90s. And it's not like cooling off the water, like you said. So the next day it starts off hot already and gets even hotter. It's making it really tough, um, really, really tough on these fish to handle all this heat. And even on us because it's been getting really hot. 
Yeah. Chris, um, I got a question for you. You guys, so you guys draw locations out of a hat, right, to, to, to see where you go and fish next? Yes, sir. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, if there was one river to fish, let's say this month, um, what condi- like with the conditions we're seeing, what do the majority of the guys would like to see drawn out of that hat? What, what river by you? Probably the West Pearl. Uh, West Pearl. Right now, yeah, the West Pearl is at 10 foot right now with a little slight fall to it. And with this heat, that Pearl River is muddy and flowing all the time. So the water stays a lot cooler over there. I say a lot cooler, you know, low 80s. But it's it's a lot better conditions over there. When it's hot like this, you want muddy water. You want flowing water. It's got more oxygen in it. And that's pretty much where everybody's going to want to go. Yeah, yeah. Chris, uh, what about bait fish? I know, you know, that's an instinct for us to try to find bait fish. Uh, that's where the fish are, especially in these, these lower uh, bayous where they come close to, uh, like, Pontchartrain. Do you know anything about bait fish anywhere, or, or is it is it off with, with, with this year with the spillway, or what's going on with the, as far as the shad? Um, I know I've it's pretty much the same. Um, the only change I've noticed is in Chipotle, and not quite as many as it used to be. The balls of bait fish still really haven't moved out, but I heard you said that the guy made a report that he saw some schooling fish in the river, so possibly they've moved out now. Um, Bayou Bonfuca, I saw a bunch of shad busting up or bass busting up on them, so I don't think they really hurt them, you know. It's just like last year. It took a little longer for them to come out and actually get into the main channel. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, typically that those rivers are protected, and and you know, the fresh water coming from the spillway is not going to get too far up there. Um, so hopefully, it doesn't impact them. I know the bait fish is is important for finding fish right now. Chris, we were discussing renaming a boat. What's your thoughts on that? Is that off limits once a boat is named? Can you can you change it? Does it really matter? Uh, uh, I'm going to say superstitions go as far as each person. I mean, each person has their own different ways of going about things. I'll rename mine every time it starts acting up on me. I'd call it a whole different set of names <laughs> and it's running good. But, uh, but you don't officially rename it. <laughs> no, uh, I'm very superstitious, and, you know, if one thing is, like, in play in my boat, it's going to stay in there the entire time I own it just because it's good luck. So, yeah, if it's in the back of his head, or like, like Andy said, if it's in the back of his head, don't do it. Uh, if there's <laughs> something that goes wrong, you're going to kick yourself in the butt the whole time. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's, let's give the listeners a little help as far as trying to find some bass. Uh, this morning, this weekend, we're going to play Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down, and you know the routine. Uh, I name a specific location. You give it a thumbs up or thumbs down and explain why and that specific place may or may not be good for fishing today. You ready, Chris? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, launch at Bayou Liberty Marina. Head up Bayou Bonfakai and fish the mouth of Bayou Malame. I'm going to give that a, a thumbs up. Uh, last time I fished it, there was a lot of fish there, but they, they were all small, but they were fun to catch. I'm talking they're all 11-inch fish, but they're fun to catch. Uh, they're busting up on shad. You can throw flukes, chug bugs, uh, maybe a frog in the grass around there, but 
That, that's a definite thumbs up. Yeah, that's what I thought. Chris, uh, Michael Blanchard has a question on the website. Which would you recommend, uh, Bayou Bonfakai or Bayou Liberty? I told him Bayou Bonfakai just because I'm more comfortable with that area, especially in the summer with what you just said, those bass exploding on the surface chasing shad. What, what say you? Yeah, uh, well, I'm like you. I, I'm more comfortable with Bonfuka. I feel like I need to learn Liberty more because it does have a little deeper water to it, and I think that it has potential, but I personally am more comfortable with Bonfuka. All right, Chris, uh, want, let's see another one. Launch at Madisonville Bridge and uh, head towards the lake. Fish the shoreline of the main river, uh, you know, right around that entrance to the marina right there by Nunmaker and that entrance to the, the rice fields, uh, both the, the low bridge and the high bridge, and, and those causeway remains, that whole stretch right there. What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I'm going to give that thumbs down for right now because all the influx uh, after the storm surge and the change, you know, over the last two weeks, a lot of things have changed there, so the fish are a little skittish, and uh, I'm going to give that a thumbs down. Yeah, and another thing to think about in that stretch is virtually weekends are off limits. I mean, uh, from Friday <laughs> afternoon to Sunday with, with all the sporters, the uh, jet skis and the skiers, so that really yeah, makes that, that, that area tough to fish. You got the fish well, and fish right, What's up for uh, Bass Assassins? Where are y'all fishing next? Our next one is going to be on the West Pearl on the 27th. Uh, it was originally supposed to be for tomorrow, but with the kids' tournament, I didn't want to have to – I didn't want to interfere with that, so I moved it to next Saturday. Oh, good deal, and, and that leads me into my next question. Uh, Chad Hartzog is coming up to talk about uh, his kids' tournament, Liars and Lunkers. I'm uh, going to get some tips from him for fishing lock one. You got any fish? Any any questions for him for fishing lock one? Yeah, what's his best spot? <laughs> what's his best spot? <laughs> right for the jugular, huh? Typical tournament yeah. fisherman. <laughs> anyway, might as well get a good question. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, thanks for coming on this morning, man. Good luck in, in your next tournament fishing on that West Pearl. Thank you, Keith. All right, Chris Basie right there, talking a little bass fishing. A lot of a lot of bass reports coming in these days. Some tough, tough fishing and some good reports. Uh like Chris said, find that running water, find that muddy water. So and you should be all right. Okay, we're gonna be joined by Mr. Chad Hartsog. Uh Chad operates the Liars and Lunkers Bass Fishing Tournament at Lock One. He's over there in Pearl River. Uh, I believe he also runs a Thursday evening tournament for Liars and Lunkers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's got a kids' fishing tournament that he wants to tell us about. So stick around, and we're going to check in with Chad and get some, also some bass fishing tips from him as well. You're listening to the North Shore Fisher Report on More Outdoors. Well, welcome back to the North Shore Fisher Report on More Outdoors. You know, it's one of those places uh, it could be tough to fish. Lock 1 I'm talking about. Um, it's a popular bass fishing destination here on the North Shore. A lot of fishing clubs hold their tournaments there, and it often yields uh, mixed results. It's not a place to catch a ton of bass, but it does produce some big bass. Uh, last year we saw an eight-pounder caught there. Uh, Morgan Shooty caught that. And this year we saw a nine-pounder caught by Chad Babin. And, uh, and an eight, let's see, yeah, an eight-pounder just recently caught by Timmy Dickens. Uh, so lock one does hold some big fish. Uh, up next, we're going to check in with, with someone who has been fishing that area for a long time, and 
We're going to try to get some tips from him. He's also got a kids fishing tournament to tell us about as well. Chad Hartzog is on the phone right now. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for having me this morning. All right. Well, how, how long, uh, Let's before we get to the tournament, how long have you been fishing uh, this area, Chad? Oh, I'd say at least 30 years, uh, you know, since I was a, a teenager. I uh, born and raised around these parts, so I know the canal very well. Well, all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about, and that's the Pearl River Navigational Canal we're talking about, for those who don't exactly know where it is. Uh, fill us in on exactly where it is, uh, Chad, uh, how to get there. Uh, it basically runs parallel to Highway 41. Uh, it'll run from Pearl River uh, all the way up to just south of Bogalusa. Uh, there's three locks constructed on that canal. The, the, the biggest section, the section where the majority of the tournaments are held, is in the Pearl River area. That would be between Lock 1 and 2. Um, and the easiest way to access it would be um, the boat ramp there at Lock 1 in Pearl River, directly across from the Lock 1 store. Uh, yeah, that, that's about a uh, 10 or 11 mile section of the canal, and I, I know that's where we have most of our tournaments at. And what makes that stretch the desirable place to fish over the other locks, Chad? Well, they have uh, plenty to choose from. You know, in, in that section of the canal, on the southern end of it, there's a lot of vegetation and grass and things like that you could fish. If you go up to the northern end, there's a lot more wood structure and steeper banks. Uh, and the water's a little bit dingier up that way. So it's it's a little bit of everything. Uh, it's it's a landlocked system, uh, so it's stable. You know, even if there's uh, bad weather or, uh, you know, high water on the river, you can go on a canal, and, it, and it's pretty much always the same, and, and you know what you're going to get when you get there. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit for everybody. Uh, if you like punching grass or, or flipping grass, there's plenty of grass there. If you like fishing wood or our deeper uh, water, you can go up to the northern end, and it's just a, it's a good spot. You know, it's a little bit of everything in that section of the canal. Chad, if I were to ask you for the top three things, top, uh, top tips to fishing lock one, uh, what would you say they would be in the summer now, right like right now? Uh, summertime, top three. Uh, my number one tip would be to get into the grass. And, and on the southern end of the canal, there's a lot of vegetation, a lot of uh, matted up coontail, duckweed, hyacinths, lily pads, things of that nature. Uh, and it really grows thick this time of year um, and, and forms canopies uh, that the bass like to get under uh, for shade and to cool off a little bit. Uh, my favorite way to target those uh, fish would be with, you know, 50-pound braided line and a, a one-ounce tungsten sinker pegged above a, a 5-aught flipping hook. Uh, straight shank flipping hook with either a, a beaver style or cross style bait. Uh, and, and you really can't go wrong with green pumpkin or, or black and blue uh, or red and black uh, on the canal. I mean, that's uh, that's a winning ticket right there. Um, now, you're not going to catch as many fish uh, punching grass uh, like that, but you're going to catch some better fish. Uh, so for the tournament anglers out there, I know that's what they're looking for is just four or five good bites every day and not necessarily a whole bunch of fish. Uh, so that would be my recommendation there. Um, secondly, um, now this tip is more for the northern end of the canal. Uh, I would suggest getting off the bank a little bit further than you normally would. Um, I love beating the bank just like everybody else, you know, being about 15, 20 feet off the bank and just flipping and pitching down the bank. Um, 
but up there this time of year, the, the fish seem to be a little deeper. And not um, <clears throat> so you might want to position your boat, you know, twice as far from the bank as you normally would and um, cast towards the bank and just build, fish real slowly all the way back to the boat. Um, once you get a few bites and you can kind of uh, zone in on, on which depth the bass are holding, uh, then you can put your boat over that depth range and make longer casts out straight out the front of the boat or, or quartering casts and keep your bait in the strike going longer. Uh, and we have a lot of success using that technique. Um, for a, a third, for this time of year, uh, definitely use your electronics on your boat if you have any and, and find some deeper holes. You know, there are some deeper holes on the canal. The canal averages about, you know, 8 to 10 feet in the middle, but there are some holes that go down to, you know, 15, 20 feet and, and target those areas with deep island crankbaits uh, is real successful this time of year. All right, great tips. I know that area can be awfully tough to fish, especially um with with the summertime heat um also talk a little bit about how important it is to to have a little breeze a little wind over there oh that that's uh that makes a world of difference if, if there's um a little uh movement to the water a little breeze blowing uh especially if it's overcast guys um it, it makes a world of difference on the canal it kind of uh breaks up the surface of the water and it makes the fish a little bit more aggressive it's uh, so a lot easier to target them uh, whenever, you know, you can have a little, a little wind blowing or, or maybe a little uh, afternoon shower or something just to kind of break up the surface of the water and get a little bit of movement because right? there's no there's no natural current through there. Uh, you, you get just a, a little bit of current around the seal uh, on the southern end of that canal system, but other than that, there's not much movement at all. So uh, definitely take advantage of, of any wind that you can get out there. All right, Chad, well, let's get to this uh, kids' fishing tournament now. Uh, how long have you been running this thing? Well, this is our 19th annual uh, Lockwood mm. Kids Tournament. Um, we, we started Liars and Lunkers about 20 years ago, and in the very next year we started doing the kids' tournament. And um, uh, we're just so excited that, it, that it's caught on and been so successful. Uh, you know, our very first kids' tournament out there, we only had about 30 kids, uh, and we were happy to get that many. And uh, last year we had 115. Uh, so it's very successful. You know, the community uh, all comes out, supports it. It's just a great event for the kids. It doesn't cost them a dime. Uh, and we're just so excited that, to have so much support on this kids' tournament. Well, let's, 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 it's t- uh, tomorrow, correct? Uh, yes, sir. It'll be tomorrow morning, uh, July 21st. Um, it's going to be at Rock 1 in Pearl River. The easiest way to find it would be look for the Lock 1 store on Highway 41. If you're coming from the north or the south, when you see the Lock 1 store directly across the street, Lock 1 Road, we'll have some signs out there uh, on the edge of the roadway. Just come all the way back there to the back, and we'll have uh, everything set up back there, a little registration area and and all our uh, activities and everything will be set up back there. The kids are allowed to fish either side. They could fish on the river side or the canal side. They could fish from a boat um, or from the bank, uh, use any kind of bait they want. Uh, we have four different divisions. Basically, anything they catch will be uh, weighing in for them. Uh, it's, the divisions are bass, catfish, brim, and then we have another division that will co- cover everything else. Um, the 
final weigh-in would be at 11 a.m. <clears throat> so we just ask that they get there, you know, before 11, uh, certainly. Uh, we will have some early birds that will be there way before daylight. We, we do have some some kids that are excited every year and get there almost before we do. Uh, but they can be the there. before, huh? Get to, right. <laughs> The kids can get there, you know, any time. They don't have to be there at any certain time. You know, we just we let them start fishing at daylight as soon as it's safe light, and then they could weigh their fish in throughout the morning uh, all the way up until 11 a.m., and then after that we'll give out all the awards and prizes and things. Chad, what's, uh, what's the ages for the kids? It's 12 and under? Uh, 12 and under. They can't, uh, 12 years old can fish and, uh, and younger. Um and certainly for the younger ones, you know, it, the parents can help them. Uh, you know, we, we want them to have some uh, some parents or guardians with them to kind of watch them, you know, and keep an eye on them. But uh, from, you know, if, if they're big enough to hold a pole all the way up to 12 years old. <laughs> and, and, and we have actually we have a – Go ahead. We have a, uh, we have a ton of, of stuff to give away. You know, we're going to be giving away 40 trophies. 15 rod and reel combos, 12 fully stocked tackle boxes. Uh, we have over 200 toys we're giving away, um, goodie bags, space paint and Duncan booth, uh, space jump. You know, we have hundreds of uh, hot dogs, chips, drinks, and, and all of this is free. I mean, it's not going to cost them a dime. So we, we would love to have as many as we can get. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Chad. And I'm, I'm... Hoping everything goes well for you. 19th annual. That's hard to do. So keep up the good work and uh, hopefully have a good turnout. Give me the results of that tournament. We'll put those kids up on the website. Maybe talk them on the radio. Okay. Sure. We'd love to do that. All right. Take care, Chad. All right. Thanks, Keith. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show this morning. Uh, Don't forget the the 30th anniversary of, of Don's show, More Outdoors. It's going to be at Bayou Adventure next Saturday from 5 to 9. Uh, come on in and see us. I'll be there. Uh, some you know, North Shore Fishing Report guys are going to be there talking, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a fun time. Uh, Shannon doesn't. Shannon and Jeff do, always do a great job over there at Bayou Adventure. All right. I want to thank Andy Jones of Wicked Charters, Chris Basie with Bass Assassins, uh, Chad Hartsock right there with the Liars and Lunkers Kids Fishing Tournament. Uh, I also want to say for more, more information on these bass tournaments, you could just go to the NBS page at, at NorthShoreFisherReport.com. And we'll pick back up every last Saturday of the month on the North Shore Fisher Report. Get those kids out to that tournament tomorrow. Lots of fun. Good luck and stay safe on the water. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 